It's the 6th of November today, is that right? 6th of November. So, seven weeks today is Christmas. You know that, eh? Seven weeks today. That's it. Some people are thinking, yes, and there's a lot of, oh, oh no. Um, and what normally happens for me this time of, time of year is I, I, then, I start going into a kind of um, mini, mini panic mode, thinking, oh no, I've got, to, I've got to come up with something new to talk about at Christmas, right? So I've been doing this for about 10 years now, and it's like every year you're, 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 you're trying to do something fresh on the, on the Christmas story. Um, and then I, felt, I actually felt quite bad about it, like I was thinking, when I'm thinking about that, because it's like this, you know, it's, it's often referred to as the greatest story ever told, isn't it? And sometimes I think, you know, we, we can do it a disservice by just um, squeezing it into a couple of weeks um, at the, the end of December. And um, so, so what, what I thought I would do uh, over the past couple of weeks, I can be thinking about um, how... How could I do it differently? And I've realised I'm, I'm, I'm going to start the Christmas story today. Is that okay? We're just, we're, and I think we're just going to we're just going to we're going to go on a journey, and hopefully, if I get it right, we'll 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 land at the big event. Okay, every time we get to Christmas, there. But what, what I thought we'd maybe do is, you know, we, we come to Christmas, and, and obviously we talk about the birth of Jesus, and we talk about Joseph and Mary, and the shepherds, and the wise men, and all that stuff. But you know. The Christmas story actually goes back before that. Um, I guess if we were being technical about it, it starts with a character that we're going to talk about today called Zechariah. Um, and, and what I want to do over the next few weeks is, is look at some, I've called it Christmas characters, one, because it's alliteration, and two, it was the cheesiest title I could come up with. Um, but I want to have a look at Ze- Zechariah today, Zechariah today, sorry, and um, next week... We'll have a look at John the Baptist, the forerunner to, to Jesus, and then Joseph and Mary. And I say, if I, if I time it right, we should land on talking about Jesus, which is where we're, that's where everything we should be doing should be heading, heading towards that. Um, so today we're going to look at um, Zechariah. And, you know, one of the things about Christmas is that we know it's a time where there, there was a, a lot of um, proclamation and a lot of announcement of, of good news um, and when we look at Zachariah, he heard some great news that left him literally speechless, right? Literally speechless. If you look at Luke chapter 1, um, we can learn about Zachariah and what happened. So if we go to Luke 1, read for verse 5, and it says this. When Herod was king of Judea, there was a Jewish priest named Zechariah. He was a member of the priestly order of Abijah, and his wife Elizabeth was also from the priestly line of Aaron. Zechariah and Elizabeth were righteous in God's eyes, careful to obey all of the Lord's commandments and regulations, but they had no children because Elizabeth was unable to conceive and they were both very old. So we get a wee snapshot here about who Zechariah is. So we find out here Zechariah was a priest in the division of Abijah, or Abijah, I'm not sure how you pronounce that. And without getting into all the, the, the details um, about the priesthood and how these priests were appointed, but you can read about it in First Chronicles, around about chapter 24. There's, there's a lot of detail in that chapter about this. But, but basically what happened then, King David organized the priests according to their duties 
um, in the temple, and according to the procedure established by, by Aaron, as the Lord commanded. So we've got Zechariah, who is a priest in the division of Abijah, and Elizabeth was actually from the line of Aaron, who, um, who established the, the, the priesthood procedure under God's instruction. So we've got a very well, um, a well-established history for both Zechariah and Elizabeth in the history of Israel and, and priesthood. And it says as well that both of them were righteous and walked blamelessly before God. I don't know about you, but if that, if that was my epitaph, I'd be quite happy with that on my, my, grave, my gravestone, that, that Andrew was righteous and walked blamelessly. Isn't that, like, wouldn't it be amazing if that was what people, people thought of us? And then we find out that they didn't have any children. It says because Elizabeth was unable to conceive and they were both, as my version said, very old. They were very old. So we'll continue on with the story. We've got jump to verse 8. And it says this, One day Zechariah was serving God in the temple, for his order was on duty that week. And as was the custom of the priests, he was chosen by lot to enter the sanctuary of the Lord and burn incense. While the incense was being burned, a great crowd stood outside praying. While Zechariah was in the sanctuary, an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing to the right of the incense altar. Zechariah was shaken and overwhelmed with fear when he saw him. But the angel said, Don't be afraid, Zechariah. God has heard your prayer. Your wife Elizabeth will give you a son, and you are to name him John. Here's the first angel appearing in the Christmas story. This is the first angel that appears in the Christmas story. Now, one thing, that if you don't know anything about angels... Right? I can tell you something now about angels that, that, that is an absolute cast-iron guarantee. If you meet an angel and an angel speaks to you, the first words out of their mouth will be, do not be afraid. <laughs> and I mean, seriously, if you saw an angel, like you're going to freak out a bit, right? You're going to be afraid. I think I'd be more than afraid. And this is something that we see. The angel said to Mary, didn't he? Said to Mary, don't be afraid. Auntie Joseph, when it appeared, don't, don't be afraid. So that's your um, lesson for today. If you see an angel, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. But in this part of the story, Zechariah is going about his normal business as a, as a priest, and he's focused on the task at hand. He's on the rota for that week to do his priestly duties. Um, and then God sends an angel, Gabriel, to him, telling them that you and your wife, although you're really old, don't worry, I've got good news for you. You're going to have a baby boy. Now, what kind of strikes me in, in this, this story that, that kind of gets lost in it a wee bit is that the, the angel tells Zechariah, he, he gets the news that he's going to have a baby, but it's preceded by the angel saying to Zechariah, God has heard your prayer. God has heard your prayer. And, you know, as I, was, I was, as I was thinking about that, I thought some, sometimes in the midst of activity and good news and all this stuff that we find in this build-up towards Christmas particularly and things are happening in our lives, isn't it good to be reminded that God hears our prayers? I just want to encourage you this morning, right? But if you are praying for something and you are 
pressing in and you feel like you're not getting an answer, right? Let me tell you, God hears your prayer. He has heard it and he continues to hear it. And I'm sure that there was a long time of prayer for Zechariah and Elizabeth as they prayed for a child. And, and I'm sure they were on their knees and were pleading with God for a, for a family. And we often do the same, don't we, for whatever our needs are as well. When we have something that we, we really want breakthrough in or we really want change to come in our life or the life of our family or friends or, or circumstances, we pray and we pray and we pray and we pray. But I don't know if you're m- maybe like me, that, that sometimes when things aren't happening, then I stop praying. I, I kind of think, well, that's just not going to happen. I, I, and I put the prayer to one side, and I maybe put the dream and the hope to one side, believing that God said, you're not going to get what you're asking for. And we might well say that God didn't hear our prayers in those circumstances. But the truth is, God does hear what we ask for. And if you are praying for something and it is aligned with the heart of God, God will hear that prayer. You will not only hear it, he will answer that prayer. You know, sometimes we want to see things quicker than God expects us to see them. And we just have to hang in there and hold out. Because part of having faith is being faithful and having faithfulness, and pressing in and moving forward, even when it's difficult. You know, here we've got Zechariah, he's doing, praying and praying and praying, I would think, for a family, and he's just going about his normal daily business. And when he was least expecting it, God intervenes, sends him an angel and says, I, God has heard your prayers. They might have felt that God hadn't heard them, that God's silence was a resounding no, but all the other times that they've been praying for Elizabeth to get pregnant, for God, that wasn't the right time. Because if John, their son, who was John the Baptist, had been born, say, 20 years earlier, he wouldn't have been the one paving the way for Jesus. You see, see God knows what he's doing. His timing's perfect. God gets it where we don't, we don't get it. God heard their prayers and now, now was the time for the fulfillment of that prayer. That was the time that God had decided. And I'm sure God would be saying to Zechariah, look, I know you're an old guy and I know you think you've lived a good life serving the Lord and you think you're maybe winding down. I am just about to bring the biggest change and the biggest impact that your life has ever seen. You see, when God says it's time, age isn't an issue. God, God isn't worried by age. I think we're quite often worried about age. Too young, too old. But if God calls you to do something, he will see you through it, no matter your age or your stage. If God calls you to do something, he will see you through it, no matter your age or your stage. And wherever we are on the timeline of our life, we need to keep an open heart, an open spirit, an open mind when it comes to God speaking to us and God leading us. And I just want to encourage you, don't ever disqualify yourself 
from serving God for any reason. Don't ever disqualify yourself. I would never have thought that I would be standing in front of people talking on a regular basis. If you come here most weeks, you probably think I understand why you would think that, Andrew. But you don't know what it's like. If, if you'd known me in high school, right, the thought of me standing up in front of my classmates and doing a presentation, that kind of thing used to freak me out. Like I would be, I would be shaking with fear at that kind of thing. I would never, I thought I'd, I would do it. And even when we planted this church, I didn't want to talk in front of anyone. I was asking God, that's great, we'll, we'll plant a church, but you need to send us a preacher because I can do it and I don't, I don't want to do it. I heard someone recently um, describe being in, in church leadership for, for them anyway, and I can, and I can resonate with this, that um, I'm an introvert doing an extrovert's job. That's what it's like. I'm an introvert doing an extrovert's job. And <coughs> when God calls you, <coughs> And he called, so he's called me to speak. Being an introvert and being naturally shy and not wanting to be in front of people, like God doesn't see that as an issue. God doesn't see that a problem. He just sees the person, the calling, and that's what I want you. That's what I want you to do. It doesn't matter your age, your stage, your circumstances, your abilities, your talents, whatever. If God calls you to do something, He will equip you, and He will educate you, and He will grow you to do the thing that he's called you to do, yeah? yeah? Isn't that really encouraging? Right, never rule yourself out, never disqualify yourself. Whatever your age or stage, be open to be called by God. So this old guy, Zechariah, really old, he's been told he's going to be a dad. So the story continues, verse 14. Angel carries on says to Zechariah, you will have great joy and gladness and many will rejoice at his birth, at the birth of John, for he will be great in the eyes of the Lord. He must never touch wine or other alcoholic drinks. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before his birth and he will turn many Israelites to the Lord their God. He will be a man with the spirit and power of Elijah. He will prepare the people for the coming of the Lord. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and he will cause those who are rebellious to accept the wisdom of the godly. Zechariah said to the angel, how can I be sure this will happen? I'm an old man now and my wife is also well along in years. It's great how this amazing guy, Zechariah, who was faithful as a priest and knew God and, and knew uh, the scriptures so well that he answers probably the very, he answers God in very much the same way as we would answer God. Are you sure? Really? You, how's this going to happen? I'm an old guy and I think he's kind of hinting to say my wife's even older, right? I'm an old guy, my wife's old as well. But you see, when the angel Gabriel is talking to Zechariah, he is telling them, this is God's plan for you. But Zechariah doesn't get it. You see, sometimes we just don't get it when God tells us things, but God gets it. God gets it. And on the surface, it doesn't sound so bad, Zechariah's reaction. It's a, it's a natural reaction, I, I would think, that he gives there. He's saying, I'm an old guy, my wife's old. 
we're too old to have children. How will I know this is really going to happen? But Zechariah isn't just questioning. He's really, really doubting and disbelieving what the angel's telling him. He's questioning if what the angel is saying is true. So much for the don't be afraid. Zechariah is brought right into that. He's coming back at the angel with all its glowing and everything and scariness and out of this world demeanor. He's suddenly become a bit bold with the angel. But again, another bit of advice about angels, if you ever meet up with an angel of the Lord, I would advise that you don't question him. Because it doesn't seem to turn out too good when you do. Move on in Luke 1, verse 19. So the angel answered, I am Gabriel. I stand in the very presence of God. It was he who sent me to bring you this good news. But now, since you didn't believe what I said, you will be silent and unable to speak until the child is born. For my words will certainly be fulfilled at the proper time. Meanwhile, the people, remember Zechariah's at work. He's at the temple. Remember the people outside praying? So he said, meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah to come out of the sanctuary, wondering why he was taking so long. And when he finally did come out, he couldn't speak to them. Then they realized from his gestures and his silence that he must have seen a vision in the sanctuary. When Zechariah's week of service in the temple was over, he returned home. And soon afterwards, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and went into seclusion for five months. How kind the Lord is, she exclaimed. He's taken away my disgrace of having no children. You know, we can wait and wait and wait for God to give us a sign about something. This is what Zechariah was asking the angel. He's going, show me something, something tangible, something I can hold, something I can hook onto that makes this seem like a reality. But do you know, Every time you open this, every time you open the Word of God, every time you call out His name in prayer, you draw nearer and nearer to the throne of grace. I was, actually, I was talking to Norman before the service, and he was saying how sometimes he, he says he gets into a routine and a rhythm of reading the Bible, and he sometimes thinks he's been reading too long, and then he stops short and realizes he hasn't completed the story or the section that he's he's reading from don't underestimate what God can and will do when you read his word when you read the word of God you are drawing closer to his throne God will enlighten you and bring revelation at your life through reading, reading his word and it also tells us in the Bible that God's word is incorruptible so see once it's in there it stays it stays it doesn't fade it doesn't go away and the things that you read and remember, I believe that God can use that for you to recall when you least expect it and use it when someone else needs it or when he needs you to speak. We read his word, we pray, and when we do that, we draw closer to God. And in this instance, in this story, the angel Gabriel communicates with Zechariah directly in person. So this is, this is beyond reading the word. This is beyond prayer. This is a direct communication from God. And God communicates with us in many other ways as well. But I would say that God will speak to you most often through reading his word 
and through prayer. Yeah, I'm, 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 a, I'm a putting this down hard enough. Pray and read. Pray and read. That's not to say that God won't speak to us through other means. He, he spoke to Lorraine through worship this morning. He, I mean, God was that was a sweet time this morning in worship and the presence of God is here and I'm sure God was speaking to us through our worship. He can also speak to us through reading another book. He can speak to us through other people, through a word from a friend and a conversation. And in all of these circumstances, what we need to do is to keep ourselves open to hearing from God. Anyway, because Zechariah questioned the angel Gabriel, he's told that he won't speak again until the baby's born. So he's got nine months of silence. And I'm sure there's many expectant mothers would say, I wish that was still a thing. Not to hear the encouraging words of their husband as they're pregnant, telling them everything's going to be okay and rubbing their back and all that kind of thing. But when Zechariah comes out of the temple, the people are wondering what's going on because they're outside praying. He's in doing his priestly duties um, because it was quite a... Um, there was a routine around the temple. There was a, like a calendar, um, a, 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 a rotation, a timeline. Uh, everything was kind of scheduled. And the people are wondering where he's got to because he spent too long in the temple. He spent too long doing what he's supposed to be doing. And then when he does come out, he's unable to speak. However, there's a moment where we realize that Zechariah has overcome his doubt because it says that he goes home and Elizabeth becomes pregnant. I'm trying, I'm trying to talk about this delicately, right? But although Zechariah had doubt and he didn't believe what God said, when he realized it was God speaking, he did what he had to do. Right? He did what he had to do. Because this wasn't going to be a virgin birth. This was going to be a baby between a husband and wife. And I know we're getting into kind of like delicate ground here, but here's a man who heard from God, doubted, disbelieved. God gave him a sign. They're saying, you're not going to speak again till this happens. And then in his belief and in his faith, he did what he had to do his wife became pregnant. And it sounds from that that Zechariah acted exactly as the angel had instructed him. Okay, if we get through that wee bit, do you like everybody try to chuckle there? Just, just laugh, let's just have a laugh. Right, let's get over it. You know, when God calls us, there's something for us to do. We have a part to play in it. Zechariah had his part to play. He believed he did it. Right? When God calls you to do something, if you are going to see a fulfillment of that call or that word, you have to step into it. You have to do it. You have to take action. You have to find out what is the next thing that I need to do. And then you move into it. And God does the rest. And I think we can all relate to Zechariah as God revealed his plan and maybe you're there right now. Maybe you're wondering about the plan that God has got for your life. Maybe you're saying, Lord, what is it 
that you really want from me? What is it you really want for me? What is it that you have for me to do? And maybe the best thing about God speaking in our lives and calling us, maybe the best thing we can do is just to embrace it. Just embrace it. And be obedient to God's calling and trust his plan over our own plan. And then finally, in this part of the story, it's time for the baby. So Luke 1, 57. It says, When it was time for Elizabeth's baby to be born, she gave birth to a son. And when her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had been very merciful to her, everyone rejoiced with her. And when the baby was eight days old, they all came for the circumcision ceremony. And they wanted to name Zechariah after his father. But Elizabeth said, no, his name is John. What? They exclaimed, there is no one in all your family by that name. So they used gestures to ask the baby's father what he wanted to name him. Zechariah motioned for a writing tablet, and to everyone's surprise, he wrote his name as John. Instantly, Zechariah could speak again, and he began praising God. All fell upon the whole neighborhood, and the news of what had happened spread throughout the Judean hills. Everyone who heard about it reflected in these events and asked, what will this child turn out to be? For the hand of the Lord was surely upon him in a special way. According to Jewish law, on the eighth day after a baby boy is born, you bring him into the temple and he's circumcised and you give him a family name. And, and this time would be a, a, a time of celebration for the whole family, like the wider family, the community. And the expectation is that this boy is going to be named Zechariah after his father. But God, through the angel, had instructed Zechariah that they were to call the baby John. And the people there were confused as to why they'd picked a name that wasn't part of the family name, wasn't part of the family line. And since Zechariah couldn't speak, and it's suggesting here that maybe he couldn't hear either because he said they were motioning to him with his hand. So I don't know, maybe, maybe he was deaf as well by this point. But he responded by writing, his name is John. And then at this moment, after nine months of silence, Zechariah was able to speak as he opened his mouth. And his first order of business wasn't the same as his last order of business when he could speak. The last words he said questioned God and questioned the eighth, what the angel was saying was true. And the first words that came out of Zechariah's mouth after his silence was to bless God and honor God and give him praise. And so here we have the forerunner of the Messiah. As John the Baptist has been born and his task is set before him. And as John grows and develops, his life is prepared for a, a very important task to prepare the way for the Messiah. And, and we'll look at that next week. You might find yourself feeling about a connection to the kind of character of Zechariah as we've looked at him today. Zechariah was praying that God would give him and his wife a child. And as he performed his, 
daily duty as a priest, God interrupted his task with a divine announcement. And maybe you're praying for God's leading in your life. And you sense or maybe you've heard clearly that God is moving you towards something new or something different. And maybe you're thinking as Zechariah did, how can this possibly be? How can this thing really happen? But God knows about your life. He knows your prayers. He knows the things that you're asking of him. And if God is leading you into something, if he's calling something out of you or calling something for you to do, what, what I'm, I really want to ask this morning is what is causing you to miss out? What is causing you to miss out? When Lorraine and I tell our story about how Falkirk Vineyard came into being, how did we end up planting a church and, and leading a church, we quite often ask questions like, when, when did God call you to do this? And, and we, we have real difficulty answering that question because we can't really go back to a time where we heard God call us to say, you're going to be church leaders or church planters. And the way we describe it is that it happened through a series of events where we said yes. So God asked us to do something or we had an opportunity to do something for God and we said yes. And then the calling that God has in our life actually comes to life as we stack up our yeses. So we say yes to the next thing and then to the next thing, then to the next thing, to the next thing. It may be that God has showed you something significant that he wants you to do in this world in your lifetime but it will only happen if you say yes to the thing in front of you and then to the next thing, to the next thing, to the next thing. Because God equips us, he grows us. He could just miraculously implant all the talent and gifting and equipping in one go. But if you see the story of scripture, that's not what God does. He grows us, he refines us, he teaches us, he walks alongside us. And this is why in our prayers, as Zechariah was, we have to be patient and let God work things out and answer our prayers in his time. So what's causing you to miss out in God's plan? I believe that if you seek and pray for God's will and plan in your life, if you step out to obey, to say yes to him, regardless of what you think is a deficiency or a lack of ability or a lack of talent, you'll begin to see the amazing work of God in your life. And I just want to encourage you today in the way that Zechariah eventually got to, he looked beyond the issues and the reality and I guess the science of his life and he trusted God would do what he would say he would do. And for us, for you, it's time to look beyond your issues or the things that are holding back, you holding you back, or the barriers that are there, and trust God for his work to be done through your life, for his glory and for his kingdom.